great teams covered. The Cincinnati Bearcats cover a 12.5 spread by not a hair. They double that up with ease. 90-66, the final score. Cincinnati shot at 50% from the floor, uh, 37% from deep. NKU, on the other hand, 40% and 20% from deep. Just an overall really good outing that makes you extremely excited, even without the prospects of the big men, Aziz Bandego and Jamil Reynolds, who are waiting on a waiver from the NCAA. Will that happen? We don't know. It's going to the courtrooms. Um, the little rigmarole of the law right here. Could Aziz or Jamil play this season? If they do, it's safe to say this team's going to be great because as of right now, based on what we saw today, let's not overreact. It's NKU. I get it. But at the very least, this team's a lot better than last year's team. I think it's safe to say that. From a your best player standpoint, I think if Skillings can continue to to play like he played today, that's what we need. We need a, a go-to guy, um, and he was all over the place. Our transition offense was fantastic, and in all honesty, we we need the Bearcats right now. After what happened on uh, on Thursday night, we just we just need them to be good. If they're not good. Winter is going to be the worst goddamn winter of all time. So please let this be real. We're going to see uh, against Georgia Tech when it's kind of our first uh, Power 5 matchup. So I'm, I'm excited. I like what we've seen. We've gotten better every game, which is nice to see kind of, uh, you know, people growing in their roles and everything. So it's um, you can't complain. Can't complain at all on a Sunday. Daniel Skillings, career-high 25 points, grabbed seven rebounds in the game. At the start, I was calling him the window cleaner. That was actually one of the uh, the topics I had instead of the damn Daniel Skillings. It was the window cleaner because he was grabbing everything off the glass and just missing bunnies. Next thing you know, I looked down at the stat sheet. I know he hit two threes. He had 20 points. I was like, w when did Daniel Skillings hit all these buckets? And it was just because the, it, there was offensive rebounding left and right. He knocked down some threes, did a little bit of everything today, even hit some free throws after he missed a few out of the gate. And I was wondering, is Daniel Skillings going to be a sub-50% free throw shooter? He redeemed himself there. And overall, Cincinnati redeemed themselves all the way around against NKU, advancing to 4-0. I'm excited. I'm excited. West looks like he's I think that was the biggest thing. It's like, does he have the X's and O's? Does he know how to, you know, be strategic in games? And I thought he did a great job today. And we're seeing a little growth from our boy Wes, too. Yeah, Wes is fired up. We're seeing some growth from Victor Locken after he started the season. Not so great. He was 6 of 11 from the floor. Forget Silky Johnson. Silky Locken. How about Victor stepping out and knocking down a three? And I think that's three consecutive games at this point after he hit at least one against Eastern Washington in the last game. He had 14 points and 14 rebounds. His second straight double-double. John Newman, 4-7 for the floor. He had nine points. I like when Newman brings the table. And then Day-Day Thomas. How about it? I mean, it's pick out of a hat right now. Who leads this team in scoring the overall games throughout this year? Is it every other day a different person steps up and plays? It sure as hell seems that way. I, I think it's going to probably be between, if I had to guess, I mean, it's got to be between Day-Day Thomas, Skillings, and Locken. I guess I'm just naming out three, you know, of our best players. Um, but the way that Day-Day can create his own shot um, is, I think he's probably going to be our leading scorer. He's probably going to get the most shots up as well. Um, but our guard play was great. I mean, yeah, it was all over the place. I, I want to see Seamoss um, do a little bit more. I think we're going to need him in, uh, when we start playing better um, competition. Jizzle um, James had a 
kind of a dud, which you would expect from a freshman. He was two of 10 from the field with five points, but he still looked great. He still looked like a hell of an athlete. He's getting to the rim when he wants. Um, so I, I liked his outing as well. I'd love to get CJ back on just, uh, you know, an absolute heater. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, five threes from him against Georgia Tech because uh, we need those dead eye shooters. But yeah, the guard play, it's, it's kind of tough to figure out the rotation with what guys you want in there because there's so many of them. They're all, they all have their own, you know, unique strengths. Is Josh Reed going to still get minutes as we get further into the year? I don't know. I don't think so. Because um, he just kind of seems like when he's in there, um, nothing happens. Like, he, he literally just doesn't do much. He does rebound. I'll give him that. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him in the rotation. But, yeah, it's it's kind of tough to figure out who should be playing the bulk of the minutes, and I'm sure we're going to find out um, just based on the gameplay. It's so much different than last year because that team was so – ISO oriented with Landers Nolly with David DeJulius. Um, they'd kick it out to Davenport. And he'd shoot the 30 footers. Adams Woods would get to the bucket, but couldn't find any space to put it up and, you know, would result in turnovers, miss layups. Sometimes Lockin was there around the glass. There was just really no identity aside from ISO ball. And for ISO ballers in this day and age, like they were good. They, they somehow were able to form that into an identity and use it to their advantage. I mean, let's not forget, they weren't amazing, but they beat most of the teams they were supposed to beat in the American and won a couple games in the NIT. Like, they weren't a bad basketball team for how bad a brand of basketball they played. This is fun, man. I think Jizzle James, even though he had the five points today, he missed some shots. I think he's still going to have a really exciting season for Cincy. I just love how he's a freshman, oh, yeah. and it seems like he has no fear whatsoever. He'll check into the game, and like I saw Dan Skillings was a little, little hesitant when he first checked in to take some dribbles. He'd catch it. He'd survey. He'd go back up top to Jizzle or Day-Day, whoever it may be. Jizzle James is full steam ahead. He comes in, and the first thing he does is just attack and go right to the glass as a freshman, fearless. I love it. I said he may be the most exciting freshman point guard since – I mean, you can go back to Kashmir Wright. You can go back to Devin Downey. I think he's more impressive than Troy Copain was his first four games as a freshman. Your overall stance on Edron James Jr., his uh, his legal name, I guess you could say, known as Jizzle right now, taking the college basketball country by storm, even though he kind of struggled today. I uh, know you could you can see a little Edron James Sr. in him. He does not give a shit at all. Like he's not afraid of the moment in any capacity. Sometimes that bites us in the ass because he'll just like he just drove into like six guys and threw it up in the air. That that'll happen with freshmen. Um, but he's built like a senior, and I've loved what I've seen. His explosiveness, his shot is questionable right now, but he he did knock one down today. Um, I'm sure that'll get more consistent over time, but uh yeah, Jizzle James has been awesome, man. Uh, it looks like Rayvon is going to redshirt um, from all accounts. So we're going to need Jizzle to take the lion's share of that that freshman class, at least for now. Wild, wild West Miller. We saw it a lot last year. It continues into this year. The Bearcats, the Bearcats once again have an angry coach patrolling the sidelines. I mean, first it was Bob Huggins because people forget Bob Huggins in his heyday. Before it was stool Bob Huggins, he was a little more mellow on the sidelines. Bob Huggins was an absolute psycho running up and down the, the sidelines. I mean, he was he was insane. Wonderful to watch. And then up there with the Mick Cronin, the, the soundbite king who gave you gold when he was angry, which was often after games, even when the Cats looked really good and won many, many games in a row. 
But man, I'll tell you what, Wes is up there with the two of them. And as a as a Bearcat fan who's had success my entire lifetime with those fiery coaches, I love it. I don't know about you. I, I love it. I like it too. And all those guys have something in common that they'll show them on the sidelines and I'll be I'll just be going, why the hell are they so pissed? It'll it like I'm like trying to think of why they're so pissed off at the refs. We're up like 18. I didn't even see a questionable call. And Wes is just chewing out that poor bald ref, just laying into him. Mick Cronin did it. Huggins did it. Um, I love it. Yeah, I didn't see Brandon doing it too much. Okay, and that that clearly was a bad sign. So yeah, Wes is fired up. He's chewing through twenty six packs of gum and twenty six bottles of water. Um, he's an absolute menace on that sidelines. Um, I think they were saying on the broadcast that they think his step counter already today is at like fifteen thousand. So that's how fired up that guy gets. So I, I think it uh, it shows from his uh, the the play on the floor with the kids. They resonate with it. Last player I really wanted to ISO on is Day-Day Thomas. Went 8 of 11 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3, 3 rebounds. Started off the game with that really nice step back behind the back jumper that was smooth as hell. Then turned it over two possessions in a row. You're going to get a lot of good and a lot of bad with Day-Day Thomas. Hopefully more of the fun. good as things start to to speed up in the Big 12. But we've seen he has leaping ability. I think at some point when it's packed, because the student section was embarrassing. Jake Broadbeck pointed this out during the game. He goes to every single game. He doesn't miss one. Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, back in the day, he would have been a hero at MLT, buying the entire bar, rounds of Irish car bombs. And this time, he's going to take the little man. He's going to put his little Jason Maxeal jersey on. He's going to march him through the snow because we're going to get a winter weather Wednesday, even though we're not. And um, he's going to watch the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and the Cincinnati Bearcats, which is the next game up. And long story short, as I weave in one of our viewers, Day-Day Thomas is going to throw one down in that place between Day-Day Thomas throwing down and C.J. Frederick knocking down two or three in a row. We need that home court advantage back. Why is the student section not as good as it was at Old Fifth Third, man? That's one of my takeaways in this game, literally. I don't know. We might need to take a deep dive into it. Yeah, because I get it. it... It, it kills the the game when they show the student section on the broadcast and there's just like one guy with like a tuba and he's sober as hell. I'm like, where's the energy that we used to see back in the old fifth third arena? So I, maybe we'll have to get one of the one of the listeners since we can't you know be at many of these games doing this show and do a deep dive, really get into the student section, figure out what's going on, right? Is it because Clifton, they, they added a bunch of new bars, a bunch of new stuff to do. So now kids aren't going to the games. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I I wish they wouldn't even show it. I'm like, that makes us look like shit. Take that off the screen. Well, back in the day, when those games were on Fox 19, they had that tradition. One of the great traditions in sports. I don't know if they do it anymore. Maybe they don't have the paper programs on the seats. But you remember, they'd tear up the paper. They'd throw it in the air. I haven't been to a game in a couple of years. And I can't remember, just with COVID and everything mixed in there, it's hard to remember like when that would have gotten away if it didn't. Someone on the chat let us know if they still do that. But it was a great tradition. They'd show it on the old broadcasts, on, on the big games, ESPN, whatever. Cats would get on the board first. Everyone was in their seats. And the paper would fly in the air. They still do that. Deep dive on that if they don't. Deep dive on that. Yeah, I I don't think they do. I don't think they do that anymore for the games that I went to, unless I was completely oblivious to what was going on around me. Um, but again, it is a Sunday. You know, I, I'm imagining me in college. You know, after just an absolute bender of a Saturday, 
and uh, watching West Virginia beat the shit out of us in football and then rolling out of bed and going to uh, Fifth Third Arena. So that that's probably a big part of it. So we'll give him a slide on that. Georgia Tech is up next. Forget the Yellow Jackets. Bearcats are going to stomp them out after covering today. They're going to roll this momentum into Centos Center undefeated. I think so. This could be the year. I think the Bearcats could do it this year. Cross your fingers, but they're going to have a shot. I think so far from what we've seen, they match up pretty well with Xavier. But I say that every single season. Disclaimer. Every single season. <laughs> I do, too. The, the The one thing is I don't think Xavier is nearly as good as they've been in the last few years. Um, they are young, though, so they could turn it on. And it, it almost doesn't even matter. Uh, every one of those games is usually going to be tight. Like I thought last year we didn't match up well at all. You know, uh, our boy, the Julius, almost had that and one three to um, go into OT until we blew it. Uh, but yeah, Georgia Tech, let's not. Yeah, let's. This is what you did with the football team, too. We beat Pittsburgh and we're like, oh, this team, I think a Big 12 title is in the, you know, that's what we're going for this year. We ended up being the worst team in the Big 12. So let's beat Georgia Tech first on Wednesday. I know they pulling up their schedule. They lost to UMass Lowell, Lowell and beat Howard by three. So. It's a must win. It's a must win day before Thanksgiving. Hopefully we can pack the place up. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be out of town. Unfortunately, I'm going to be driving almost right back to freaking Gary, Indiana. But uh, hopefully we pack the place and we did what we did today. Because, yeah, Georgia Tech clearly is dog shit. So we better win that game. Thanks for joining the stream, everyone. Cats are 4-0. Georgia Tech's up next. Chatterbox Bearcats with Chuck and Houdini. Like, subscribe, and toss us five stars if you like the show.